0: I remember, um, man, this is such an interesting thing to think back in my life about all the times when I was expecting someone to call me and they were expecting me to call them. Anybody ever have that? Nah. I remember all the protocols, the etiquettes of of dating and you can ask my wife how silly I was about that. I mean, just get this, just big parentheses. You don't really know me, some of you have never been here before, but... I once was not nearly as grounded in my life as I am now. You know, we have a nine to five job. First time Ariel and I met, um, I got a business card and then waited till Monday morning at nine in the morning to give her a call and say hi. I clearly did not wait a second. I waited till Monday morning at nine in the morning to say hi. So I say that again. I waited until Monday morning when Arielle was sitting at her work desk and I called her clearly not really getting that people have assumptions about when we reach out and when we don't. assumptions about the ways that we communicate and the onus of it. who's supposed to reach out and who isn't supposed to reach out. we have that's kind of a cute thing in, in when it comes to dating But when it comes to apologies, it's even more extreme, right? I'm waiting for them to call me. I was waiting for you to call me. I've told the shul in the last decade that my grandmother, Irene, waited 20 years for her brother to call her to apologize. And he waited 20 years for her to call. And apologize. They never reconciled. In tomorrow morning's reading, Atem Nitzavim Ayom Kulchem, Atem Nitzavim is the parsha read every year, no matter where you are, before Arshashanah. And it begins with Moses talking to people, Moshe talks to the people, he says, Atem Nitzavim Ayom. Hayom, you are here, standing here, says the Midrash, the rabbinic gloss. Hayom, today is always Rosh Hashanah. Hayom is always the beginning. Moses, imagine the people standing at the verge of a new beginning. In fact, the text tomorrow morning will give them an opportunity to not only receive the covenant as a command, but to receive it as a choice to consent to be covenanted and the torah tomorrow morning will say no fewer than seven times the word and you will return you will consent to an agreement you will become a part of a covenanted people and of your own volition you will enter into a relationship and then things will happen and you will return and then it says it again and then it says it again and then again and again again seven times the root of the word for repentance or repair or for answering is tshuva. Veshav, veshavta, veshavta. In yeni You will come back. You will come back. This is the great comeback parsha. The parsha about what it is to return, about what it is to fall and stand again, what it is to make a mistake and to heal. It is the parsha that gives us good advice, a tova, on what it is that is required to show up on Hayom, whether it's Rosh Hashanah or it's a Thursday morning in the middle of April. That's the day. And so the Torah tells us, Shuvah Yisrael, I'm sorry, the Torah will tell us in the book of Hosea, Shuvah Yisrael Adashem Elokecha in the book of Hosea return Israel to Hashem your God another Shuv another comeback and the Talmud will say in Yoma Shuvah, returning repentance repair is so great that it touches the the chair of glory the Kisei kavod, God's throne of glory it reaches God and on this, tomorrow morning, very similarly, it would say, Vishavta adonai you will return to God. And then, Vishav and then God will return to you. Shuvah Israel, says the prophet Hosea, Shuvah Israel, come back. And tomorrow morning it will say, Shuvah, and you will come back, and then God will come back. God bring us back and then we will come back. Say the rabbi is a radical notion. And this is a Torah from Dina Weiss from Hadar Institute. Beautiful Torah that I read. She quotes a rabbi Zaks who said that God as it were waits for us to do tshuva and then God says I will do tshuva. Divine returning. We return and then God returns and if we can park for a moment the notion of God's return just for a moment, what that might mean theologically we might get back to that next year says Dina Weiss an interesting idea and she raises an interesting question when we generally think about cause and effect when we generally think about who has more power than the other we generally think that God has more power than humans in our theological constructions usually we would say the problem begins with God not me You have more power, God. And yet you ask me to return first. And Dina White said something very beautiful. She said, sometimes in our relationships, even if it isn't our fault, we pick up the phone. Even if we are not the Cause even if it isn't fair even if it isn't fair they started trust me, in my house I have three kids, nine and younger that is the most famous phrase, right Tal? he started I'm not picking up the phone they started let them pick up the phone in a world where geopolitical conversations happen the way three-year-old conversations happen I'm not sitting down at the table until you concede, Well, we're not going to sit. At the, we're not sitting down at the table with any predetermined conditions. Nope, we'll just keep letting our children die because of intransigence brought about by fairness and power plays. It says Dina Weiss beautifully: we have a model of God saying you come say you're sorry first and then I'll come. I know it's my fault, but you practice. You practice what it is to be that vulnerable. You practice what it is in your life to put peace before principle. Where she says it so beautifully, so often we think in terms of obligations I have to say I'm sorry, what if it were an opportunity and not an obligation? What if it were an opportunity not an obligation? I remember as a young man I was ultra-Orthodox at some point, some people know this about my story and as I was leaving the Orthodox world I was letting go of my obligations. I was letting go of the sense that I had to and if I didn't, I would be in trouble. I was letting go of the sense that if I didn't brush my teeth, now I'm free. I never have to brush my teeth again. I never have to keep those rules. And I spent ten years in rebellion. You can't tell me what to do. I'm not going to be religious. I don't want to have anything to do with Shabbat. And even after two years of modern Orthodox rabbinical school, I finally had an insight. I said, what if the Torah and the entire tradition was not one big you have to, but one big opportunity to want to? What if all of it? You don't have to do anything. You don't have to say you're sorry. You can... You don't have to pick up the phone. You don't have to. But you have an opportunity. What if we've reframed our have-tos to we get to. What if from have-to to to I get to? You mean I get to sit around with people and sing a song and watch my heartbeat slow down and my mind calm down? You mean I get to be in a non-cynical context where love really really is palpable? You mean I get to clean these beautiful—maybe not so beautiful, my teeth. I get to—I t- get—I have an opportunity to circumvent the normal way that I wait for you to say sorry. I might even, even if it's not fair, pick up the phone and say, "I get to reconcile." Wow! What would the world look like if that were our attitude? You mean I get to have another lunch with my mom and dad? I get to say goodbye to a dear friend one more time? All of it a gift. All of it not have to, but get to? I get to be in New York City, even in the sweltering humidity. lucky am I, how lucky are we, how amazing here you are standing as long as soul is within me I give you thanks you known by many names you whatever, maybe not even a you but this place, it is an arena of opportunities to serve, to love, to fight, to make up, to be strong, to be vulnerable, to be real, to sometimes hide, come back to love. So even if it's Monday morning at 9 o'clock in the morning and you called at the wrong time, will it really matter in the end who picks up the phone? In practice, we get to we get to do chuva